0: This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You're listening to the Church Boys Free Fall Q&A.
1: It's Billy Hollowell here with the Church Boys. I'm here with my co-host as always, Chris Field. And we have Nagme Abedini on the phone. She is the wife of Pastor Saeed Abedini. And uh, how you doing, Nagme?
2: Well, I'm uh, hanging in there. It's been a difficult few weeks, but um, by God's grace, I'm carrying on and pushing forward.
1: Well, I know that everybody, I mean, one of the biggest news stories that we've been talking about, a lot's happened in the the last week, week and a half, but has been the agreement between um, the U.S., Western powers, and and Iran. And for those who don't know, and I know most people do at this point, and we've covered your husband's story quite a bit, he has been detained in prison in Iran for almost three years now, correct?
2: Exactly, yes. He's been there three years because of his Christian faith and... uh we had been hoping that his release would have happened much sooner, but he still um, he still languishes in the Iranian prison.
1: Let's start with I know we've talked quite a bit. In the day that you met with President Obama a few months ago, uh, we we spoke you and I that day. We we did a story on that meeting. I know you had high hopes. I know your your two young children had very high hopes to have their father home. How are you feeling as a result of this agreement? Because I know one of the things that you had hoped was that, and and many people had hoped, was that Saeed would be brought home before any sort of agreement was finalized.
2: Yes, I was actually expecting uh, some kind of phone call that would give me the news I've been waiting for for three years that my husband was being released. Um, But on the day that the agreement was made, I got a call that, from State Department that Saeed's release had not been secured yet, and I couldn't get any um, firm time or any promises of what was happening. Um, It was really hard to hear that. I'd been watching the news very carefully to see what would happen. Um, Of course, from day one, we had said that even before we started negotiating with Iran on the deal, um, one of our, we should have as the United States of America have said release the American hostages and then we can talk about the nuclear deal. I've never wanted to be part of the deal, I never wanted to have to deal with um, having to think that we ever gave up anything for my husband in terms of such a big issue, but I've always asked our government and they have always said that they were working on it on the sidelines, so I was always hoping that that was the case. And even as you mentioned, when we met with President Obama, he said they're working on it and it's a top priority. So it was a bit of a disappointment, um, actually a lot, a huge disappointment when um, I realized we'd made a deal with Iran and his release and the release of the other Americans was not secured. I, I felt like we're losing more and more leverage.
0: Do you believe they're working on it at all?
2: I do believe they're working on it, um, but I don't know how, uh, what... Exactly. I mean, it's been two years, uh, as uh, John Kerry mentioned, I think a few days ago, he said every single meeting we've had with the Iranian government, we brought it up. So two years of having brought up Said and other Americans every single time, and they're still not out. I, I don't understand what that message is sending out to uh, the rest of the world in terms of how seriously we're being taken by Iran um, I, I just, I personally can't imagine making it any kind of a deal or anything, uh, even as I as I mentioned before, even stepping into any conversation with a country that has our citizens, has uh, taken our citizens hostage. So, um, you know, I, even though I've never wanted it part of the deal, it just doesn't make sense how Iran just seems to be so... Uh, arrogantly and and just holding these Americans hostage, and uh, they expect to move forward with anything. With do they do they expect to start building a relationship while they're still holding um, my husband and the other Americans hostage? It just it doesn't make sense.
0: Do you know any idea what the current condition of your husband is? How he's doing?
2: Uh, his, you know, he's in one of the worst prisons in the world. His health is deteriorating. Um, he's very emotional. He was very, very close to my daughter, I mean, our daughter. And she, um, just she's daddy's girl. And she was five when she saw him last. And she will be nine in a few months. And um, that's really uh, the separation from our family. And he gets to see pictures and uh, gets, you know, we correspond and gets um, updates on the kids. And seeing them grow up has been really painful for him. So this is not the physical pain um, and, and the tortures, but also the emotional. He's gone through um, in and out of solitary. He was put in solitary again April of this year. He uh, solitary confinement, and um, he's been beaten both by guards and inmates. He's people, you know, don't realize he's in the hands of hardliners that who have been chanting death to America. They they do not like. They hate that he's an American. They hate that he's a convert from Islam to Christianity, and they hate that he's a pastor. And he, that's the environment he's living in right now. It's, um, it's just con- a constant threat. He's in a prison within his prison. he He's afraid to move. He's afraid to do much uh, because he's under constant threat.
1: So, and there were Islamic State members in there too at, at one point. I remember that they were also threatening him.
2: Exactly. there were uh, affiliates with ISIS. Uh, even now, there's um, you know, opposition groups to the Iranian government that are actually themselves very radicalized Islamic groups so and uh, that are prisoners with him still. So there's there's groups in there that are opposition groups to the Iranian government, but they're uh, even uh, some of them are even worse in terms of uh, how radical they are um, in, in their Islamic beliefs. And so uh, it's he, he's in prison with those people still, not necessarily, um, the, those associated with ISIS, but other groups, um, because the, the ones that were associated with ISIS were immediately removed as soon as it got out and, uh, it got out, I got out into media and our government, um, uh, followed up on that issue. It was, uh, they were removed, but still there's hardliners in prison with him and he's under constant threat.
0: So I had a, a let me follow up on the, on the prison situation yeah uh, you know, I have a probably a very Americanized or Hollywood influenced idea of how these kinds of prisons operate. You know you you talk about he's being mistreated and he's being tortured and that sort of thing. yet he's he's having some communication with you with the outside world, which is strange to me from my standpoint at least, not what I would expect from a a bad news uh, Iranian um prison where where American hostages or American prisoners are being tortured. How does how does that work? How does the uh, communication situation work?
2: Well, there's some um, prisoner rights of some sort still in Iran. Um, I know the Marine family, Amir Hakimati's family. Uh, the Iranian government has allowed uh, daily phone calls. Our um, the Iranian government has not allowed that for our gov- uh, for our family, uh, but they have still allowed visitations, which they've allowed for the other citizens as well. They Uh, once they are uh, convicted and put in prison, then families are able to visit in prison um, once a week. And our family does have that, and that's how we can get updates and correspond. I haven't been able to visit him, and I haven't seen him since June of 2012, but his family members, uh, his parents right now, his father is the one who's visiting him, and that's how we correspond, that's how he gets pictures and updates. I'm surprised it hasn't been cut off, but they haven't cut it off for other families as well, and some families have gotten even more um, leeway, I guess, from the government, Iranian government in terms of being allowed phone calls once a day, but the Iranian government hasn't um, allowed that for our family. Okay.
1: Now, how are your how are your kids holding up right now? How are they doing with all this? Are they hearing the news of this? Are they shielded from it a little bit?
2: Well, when they're in school, I can't shield them very much um, because they hear it from our classmates and teachers and they get very emotional and they tell me, Oh mommy, you know, uh, we heard that, uh Jacob came home one day. I, I heard that Obama's not going to bring him home for my birthday. He's, you know, he's going to break his promise or this and that, or, uh, they, they heard that, uh, they heard about some of the beatings and, but in summertime, um, I, they don't know anything because um, I'm their source of news and I all I tell them is he's still in prison. And, uh, we're hoping he will get out. So they don't know anything about the deal. They don't know um, any any uh, information uh, of what's happening with them, except that he's in prison and we're still praying and hoping. Um, and, and my daughter is hoping. She keeps saying, do you think this birthday? And, uh, and when she turns nine and, uh, you know, uh, everyday life is busy, but then when birthdays hit, it gets very emotional for them.
1: Yeah, it's just um, unbelievable. And I know I've asked you in the past for a message that you would deliver, and this is before I mean you ever met with with Obama. You had you had delivered num- numerous messages, and I think those messages had an impact because he eventually said, "Yes, I will meet with you." You know the messages that you were putting out in media um, and, and saying. But what would you say to the president now and to John Kerry now that this agreement has been made? Um, you know what message would you want them to get to receive from you and your family?
2: You know, I'm 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 not a uh, I've never been hateful towards them. I've never said anything negative or hateful towards uh, both the president and John Kerry, and I've tried to be positive. Um, but I really I, I, I really want them, and that that was my goal when I met with the president to see me and my kids as a family, not something on the news. And uh, I hope that they realize that this is a family, and they can put their themselves in my shoe and. They can say that was my um, husband, or if my wife, or if my child. I that would that would be the first thing I tell the Iranian government um, is free these people before we even talk. But I just want them to imagine being in my shoes and every day knowing that your loved one is is in the hands of hardliners who. Um, are hurting him, are threatening him, and he's in the worst condition. He doesn't get clean water. He doesn't get good food. Um, he's in, in this m- most horrible um, prison. And I just want them to really put themselves in my shoe and, and really do what it takes to get him out of that prison.
1: How do you, how do you maintain? I mean, every time I talk to you, you're, you're so graceful about how you handle this. I mean, so many people would be um, not handling it as well as you have, how do you? What gives you strength? How do you get through it?
2: Oh well, of course, my faith in Jesus Christ—it's real. It's not a religion. It's something I turn to that gives me peace and joy, and uh, also protects my heart from bitterness. I, I have had to struggle with that—being um, angry both at the Iranian government and uh, and at our own government—and being hateful or angry. And I've had to protect my heart just uh, as a Christian. I. I know I am to love, and I am to pray for my authority. So it's been hard in, in certain, certain times to be obedient to that and uh, being, you know, respectful and praying, but, um, you know, God gives me the grace to do that and, and to show His love. Uh, that's all I've known all my life, uh, you know, since I became a Christian and here in this great country. It's, I was given the chance to choose Christ as my Savior. And, um, you know, I, I've shared with people... The ups and I recently shared something on Job uh, 42 where Job says, I had heard about you before, but now uh, I, 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 I've seen you face to face. I think when we go through trials, our faith becomes from hearing and thinking, oh, there's a Savior, He's, you know, he did this on the cross, to something where you see it with your own eyes and you meet God face to face. And the ups and downs and having to learn and relearn to look to Christ this trial has really allowed me to see Christ and for this, my faith to become even stronger and more real than before. Maybe I'd heard about him. I believed in him, but it wasn't such an intimate relationship.
1: Well, listen, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Is there anything else that you'd want people to know that maybe we haven't discussed in this interview today?
2: You know, I, I think it's important. I've, I've, I've tried to keep the balance of, um, you know, Trusting God and praying for my husband's release, but also keeping the pressure. I think it's important for people to know, continue calling your congressmen, senators, um, uh, continue to reach out to State Department and the White House and say what's going on? why do we why are these Americans not out? So you know we pray, but we also take action and we you know uh, every day, every breath I have left, I will continue to advocate for my husband.
1: And is there any place, um, just the last question for you, that people can go if they want updated information about your husband and your family?
2: Yes, they can. um, uh, SaveSaid.org. S-A-V-E-S-A-E-E-D.org.
1: Great. We will make sure we link out to that as well. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Yes, thank you.
2: Well, thank you for your support. I really appreciate it.
1: You bet. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Sure,